Welcome to Meet an African Pastor podcast. My name is Anthony Seitzma, and in this podcast, I interview different African pastors so that people around the world can hear about what their lives are like and pray for them. And most importantly, this gives all of us an opportunity to learn from the African church. Thank you for listening. Welcome. I'm here with my friend Chris Shiundu, a pastor in Kenya. Chris, it's wonderful to be with you today. Can you share more about yourself, um, more specifically where you come from? Tell us more about your family. Tell us more about what you do. Uh, thank you very much, Pastor Anthony. As uh, you rightly said, my name is Chris Shiundu. And I'm a born-again Christian. I'm married to Terry Shundu, and we are blessed with three children. I come from the western part of Kenya, uh, 40 kilometers or so to the Ugandan border. And But currently, I live in Nairobi, and that's where I, I, I am um, uh, serving the Lord. Thank you. Can you tell us, Chris, how you first came to know Jesus? Share your testimony. Thank you very much. Yeah, I I was born in a, a polygamous family that did not know the Lord. Uh, my father had five wives and 30 children, and his grandfather had 50 wives. So it was quite traditional uh, family, and so... We grew up in the traditions of men and not the way of the Lord. And uh, so when uh, I joined high school, that was the first time I heard about salvation. That was the first time I heard about salvation. And it looked interesting, but uh, I, I would get saved uh, when the school opens because it was a boarding school. But as soon as the school closes on closing day, I backslide I, because I have to go back to the village traditions. We have to drink alcohol and too much of it throughout the holiday. And so I would be lost and then again wait for school to open. And so I lived that kind of uh, life um, until I became almost um, a wreck uh, into alcoholism and many other sins. Uh, but uh, I thank God for his grace that uh, at my worst point, uh, God opened for me a door to go to India. And uh, when I was in India, I actually escorted um, a friend to a student's fellowship. Actually, his interest was a girl who was in that fellowship. But when I, I, I escorted him while the service was going on, it was an afternoon student service. I had a voice speak to me, uh, a voice speak to me, and the voice said, Chris, you have heard this word many times, and this is your last chance. I ignored the voice, the voice came again, and it became louder and louder, and at the third time, uh, the preacher actually passed in front of me, and I held his hands and told him, I want to give my life to Jesus. And I, I, I confessed my sins, I repented, and I, I, I welcomed Jesus, the Lord Jesus, in my life. And I did not shake, I did not fall down, I did not, no, I remained the same person. But 
when I reached to my house uh, where I was staying, to the apartment, one thing I experienced that evening was peace of mind. Peace of mind. Because before that, I would stay awake up sometimes 5 a.m., 5 a.m., no sleep. I was so tormented, uh, so tormented, so troubled. But from that night, I received so much peace of mind. I slept that night, not like a baby, more than a baby. I think I slept like a husband because babies wake up at night and husbands may not even wake up when the baby is crying at night. I slept like a husband so soundly. And from that day, I sleep at the press of a button because of the peace of mind that I received after accepting a Jesus Christ. And then my journey of salvation now began from there, I can say. Thank you. Uh, that's so encouraging, Chris. Thank you so much for, for sharing that testimony. Um, now um, you are a pastor today. Can you share more about how you became a pastor and uh, just share a little bit about the church that you that you pastor now. <laughs> That's a very interesting question for me to answer. And many times uh, I don't know how to answer because one, I, I, I never, when I was growing up in the Lord, I, I never felt like a pastor. I, I, I love evangelism and I still love evangelism, soul winning. And uh, so uh, to date, I've never said uh, I want to be a pastor. I've never applied to be a pastor. But when I joined uh, World Renew, when I joined World Renew, uh, one of the staff, a lady staff, started calling me pastor. He started calling me pastor, pastor, pastor. And then, uh, then others followed. And then uh, my pastor started calling me pastor. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's how, uh, and then now they began to give me pastoral responsibilities. And of course, eventually uh, I, I was ordained. Of course, I've done some uh, trainings, quite a lot of trainings in, in uh, church leadership and, and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, but my journey as a pastor has been very interesting and funny. So I found myself in that and i've tried to jump out <laughs> it, it seems say, like uh, not a pastor. it seems like people first saw the gifts in you maybe you you were behaving like a pastor caring for people and so they affirmed those gifts in you that's a that's a very beautiful way to to then experience the call to be a pastor yeah so so now so uh, i spend um uh, a, a lot of time in, in, a, in, a, in the church where now the, the pastor, you know, ordained me and, and met me. But again, um, uh, three years, four years ago, I, I said, I, I don't like this <laughs> pastor work. <laughs> and to do evangelism so that I can just be coming to church and then uh, go away. And, and of course, the church was also very far from our residence, so our residence. So I do want also to be just a Sunday pastor who doesn't, who is not in touch with the flock during the weekday. So uh, I decided to, with my family, to move to another church that was ten minutes drive to where we were staying, and uh, 
that I decided I will hide. I will hide in the, in, in the crowd so that uh, nobody gives me pastoral responsibilities. So I, 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 I tried to hide. They kept bringing me in front. They kept bringing me in front. I, the next Sunday again, I go and hide in the middle of the crowd. Somebody, one of the leaders comes and picks me and brings me to the front, brings me to the front. Same thing. Again, they started calling me pastor, pastor. These are people I did not, pastor, 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 pastor. And again, I found myself again <laughs> doing pastoral work where I am. So what is the name of your church? Tell us a little bit about your church uh, now. Our current church is called um, uh, Exploits Worship Center. Uh, based on uh, Daniel 11, 32, that the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And also uh, uh, based on the uh, Isaiah, where, where the Bible, Isaiah says that there will be a highway, a highway of um, holiness, a highway of holiness where there's no ferocious animal, where there's no, even a fool will not get lost on that uh, highway. And so, uh, uh, you know, every ministry runs based on the revelation that the founder uh, had from the Lord. And uh, so the revelation there is that everything is built on a prayer. Uh, our senior pastor there is, is actually Ugandan, uh, called Apostle Julius Subi, and his prime calling is prayer and raising uh, an army uh, for, for the Lord. And so um, mostly we start with prayer and then the, and the manifestation of the power of God by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at the center of everything, everything, everything. And uh, we, we go around the country doing outreaches. We do a lot of slum ministry, going to the informal sector uh, to win them to the Lord but also to feed them, to feed them, to clothe them. Uh, so we continually provide food, uh, we capacity build them, uh, we encourage them, but at the same time, bring them to our church, bring them to our church uh, to grow there. And we also do prison ministry, prison ministry. Uh, we go to prisons uh, to uh, share with them the word of God, to encourage them, but also to uh, give them clothes, to give them soap. Food is not allowed in the prisons, but uh, clothes, uh, things like soap uh, and other non-food items. Uh, so we do that uh, in the prisons. And um, that's part of uh, the reason why uh, I decided to leave employment because when we went to the prison, I realized we were told by the prison officers that there are so, it is a men prison, that there are so many men in that prison who are innocent, but they've been kept there for years because of the system, uh, so that by the time they come out, somebody will have grabbed their land, somebody would have grabbed all their wealth, and they will be too old to fight back, and it's just terrible. So I felt that um, I, I need more time to be able to minister to such uh, people who are in prison. And of course, are those who are also sinking into alcohol. And of course we have family members, our own family members that are also into 
uh, alcohol abuse. Yeah, thank you. It, there's so many different questions I want to ask, um, <laughs> but let me uh, just pick two. One, you mentioned capacity building for the people you're reaching out to. Can you say more about uh, what you were, what you what you mean by that? What were you doing with those people? Yeah, in terms of capacity building, I've realized that uh, people are poor mainly because of the mindset. The mindset that it's not that the resources are not there. The resources are there anywhere in the world. The resources are there, but the mindset. So uh, my, my intention is to change the mindset, to change the mindset of people so that people don't think that if they go to America, then they will be rich. No, that's not true. Unless the mindset changes, people can go to America and remain poor. They can go to South Africa and remain poor. But somebody with the right mindset uh, can come to the poorest part of the world and still be rich in that poor part of the world. So I, I, I'm trying to change this mindset of, you know, uh, uh, dependency, dependency, uh, you know, always looking for help. And, and, and I'm sorry that uh, we have uh, perpetrated that kind of behavior, you know, making people so dependent on help, you know, giving people fish rather than teaching them how to fish. And so my, my main aim is really to work on the mindset so that they can change uh, their mindset. I have been, I've lived with the Indians both here in Kenya and abroad. And uh, before that, I used to think Indians are business genius. But after living with them, I discovered that they are not genius uh, in business. One of their strengths is saving and they save for a reason. They save to invest. And number three is that they take advantage of every opportunity. Now, all these things are in the scripture. In the scripture, the Bible says uh, in, 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 in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that there's time for this, time for this, time for this. And I think in chapter 9, it talks about uh, chance coming to everyone. The rest is not the, for the swift, nor the battle for the strong, but time and chance happen to all. So, Changing that kind of man, mindset that anybody can make it where they are if they think, if, if, if they can change their way of thinking, if they can just make a turnaround and see the potential, the potential that is within them. Because I go to those informal sectors and the people we think are poor, I find them to be very intelligent some to be very beautiful. In fact, any, every woman I've seen in those informal sectors to be drunk, total drunk, you look at their face and they are so beautiful and they speak good English, some of them, but the mind, the mind. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing about that. You know, that's a topic that's important to me as well. Um, the other question that I wanted to ask you to follow up from what you shared about the prisoners uh, you said, very quickly, you said, uh, I, I left employment so that I could have more time with the prisoners. Maybe some of the people listening are wondering, what, what, does, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, do you have a way to uh, support your family 
Are you getting some kind of support from your church since you said you left employment? <sighs> You're not the first to ask me that question. And uh, it comes from almost everywhere, <laughs> I, I, I tell. Um, you know, uh, when I was working um, with the World Renew, I, I used to say this, that my employer pays me for what they found me doing for free. So it, it's, it's just an avenue. It's been an avenue to reach more people and faster. So it, 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 what I've been doing in employment is what I was doing for free since childhood. And, and, and so I, 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 and it's a good thing. It's given me exposure. It's given me speed. It's given me access to resources. But I am saying, uh, uh, can I do it on my own without asking for pay? And, and, and I said, yes, so this is the test of my own selfishness. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, can I do it freely? Because I feel that when I do it without a salary, then I, whatever I do, I am genuine to it. I'm not doing to please a donor. I'm not doing to, 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 to get the money. I'm not doing it to complete a checklist. And so uh, thank you for asking that. I am just um, volunteering my services, giving back to the community. Uh, but adventure, if uh, anybody comes in along the way, to support, uh, for example, in terms of buying uh, food or for the for the community, in terms of facilitating anything that directly goes towards the community, I mean that is uh, welcome, welcome. But uh, I, I do not want to commercialize my service anymore. Thank you so much. Um, there are many more questions I want to ask because I love talking to you, but we had agreed that we wanted to focus on one main topic today. And that topic is the Holy Spirit, which you already mentioned is uh, important to your church as well. Maybe to get us into the topic, let me ask in your, in, from your own perspective, why is this topic so important to you and why did you want us to, to talk about it today? about the Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, as um, I, I mentioned in the beginning that uh, my life was so funny in high school, you know. Uh, during holidays, I backslide. When uh, schools open, I am back to the Christian Union. And, and uh, so when now I, I was in India and I, I gave my life to Jesus, the game changer, the game changer was that soon after I gave life, my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Actually, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit before water baptism, before water baptism. Uh, so I, I, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Spirit and uh, you know began to speak in tongues, began to see uh, divine dreams and, and, and that kind of thing. And uh, so I believe strongly 
that it is the power of the Holy Spirit that was lacking in my life in high school. And that's why I used to backslide all the time. But when the power of the Holy Spirit came into my life, uh, when I, at a time when I should have been a, a more difficult person, the Holy Spirit helped me now to stand uh, and, and follow uh, Jesus consistently because before the Holy Spirit came, I could read the word of God like a textbook. I, I, I could never get a, a revelation, but the Holy Spirit now started helping me to understand the scriptures. The Holy Spirit started teaching me on how to relate with people. The Holy Spirit also helped me to ask questions, inspired me to ask questions. And so for me, the game changer in my life was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And just to probably close on that, I, I, I later on read in the Bible that um, when God created Adam, uh, he later on said that it's not good for man to be alone. In Genesis 2.18, it's not good for man to be alone. So he said, I will make for him a helpmate, a helper, a suitable helper. And if you read uh, in John uh, chapter 14, verse 16, verse 26, and even a, a part of uh, chapter 15, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as the helper, as the helper. So when I got that revelation, I realized that, oh, Adam without Eve, there would have been no children, no increase. His life would have been uh, so boring. I mean, we would not be there, even as today. And so the word helper, if that's the same word that the Lord Jesus is using for the Holy Spirit, then I, I, I need this Holy Spirit for me to be fruitful for me to have dominion, uh, 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 for me to subdue the earth, I need this helper. I need this helper. Just the way a man cannot have uh, children without a woman. You need, you need a wife. You need a wife. So I need the Holy Spirit for us to be fruitful. And finally, I, I also believe, and, and this may not be absolutely true, but it's me, I believe that some of the challenges we have in church is that there are people in church who are not born of the spirit. Our flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirits. And Jesus said that whatever is born of the spirit overcomes the world. So when we try to do the work of the Lord without the Holy Spirit, what is the outcome? We give birth to spirits. Children, I mean, not biological, I don't mean biological, but they are not born of the spirit of God. They are there in church. So we give birth to members. Uh, let me say that we give birth to members, but not to children of God because they are not born of the spirit. And that is one of the causes of divisions in the church, immorality in the church, conflicts in the church, selfishness in the church theft in the church, corruption in the church, because actually what we are doing, we are, we, we've turned the church into a club. These people are not born of the spirit of God. The spirit of God is not them. They are, whatever they do, they are 
walking according to the flesh and they will resist anything that is of the spirit of God because the flesh is always at conflict with the spirit. Yeah, thank you so much. We'll, we'll come back to the church in a moment, but I wanted to, for, to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what that means for the sake of the listeners. You know, some of the listeners maybe aren't familiar with that phrase, or uh, I think most of the listeners know that phrase, but uh, the people have different views about what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. What does it mean? How does it happen? Um, so before we keep going on to the other practical questions on, on this, can you share from your perspective, what, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what is it, what is the purpose and uh, how can one be baptized of the Holy Spirit? Thank you. And, and just a, a, a disclaimer that what I say is not absolute <laughs> because Bible says we know in part. And, and we prophesy in part, but when we bring together these many parts and then we have a, a complete thing. And um, so my belief should not uh, 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 be seen as absolute. I, 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 may not, I might not know the way I ought to know. However, for me, the guiding principle is uh, when the Pharisees came to Jesus and uh, talked about uh, divorce. I mean, he said, he asked them, okay, I mean, Moses, they said Moses permitted that you give a letter and send away uh, the woman. But uh, the Lord Jesus asked them, how was it in the beginning? How was it in the beginning? And so for me, when it comes to baptism of the Holy Spirit, I go back to Acts chapter 2. How was it? How was it in the beginning? Because that's the first time, you know, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people. The Spirit of God will not come upon people, but he would never reside in them. It would come upon them and go for, for a certain assignment. But on the day of the Pentecost in Acts uh, chapter 2, that's when we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when the, the, the people were immersed, because I believe the word baptism means it being immersed into uh, water, uh, but they were immersed into uh, the Holy Spirit. And so what happened when uh, uh, they were immersed in, in, in the Holy Spirit? The, 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 the Bible says they began to speak in tongues. They began to speak in, in tongues. And I can tell you for free that any standing church today, at one time, the founder was baptizing the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. So for me, I, I believe that when you are baptized in the, in, in the Holy Spirit, there is always an evidence of speaking in tongues. But somebody will ask, because there's a scripture that says, that says do all uh, speak in tongues? That's a different dimension that we may not have enough time to talk about today. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that they were all filled and spoke with the, with the tongues. So when it comes to the giftings now, as stated in um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, then now we see the differentiation, uh, and, and that's different 
from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's that's now the gift, the gift of speaking in tongues, the gifts of interpretation, and that's that's uh, 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 where. Uh, Paul says, you know, in public, you should only speak when there's a translation. So that's different from the evidence of uh, of, uh, of 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 uh, speaking in tongues during baptism. Because again, the Bible says, when we prophesy, we edify the church. But when we we, we speak in tongues, we 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 we. We edify ourselves, we edify our own body, uh, our own spirit. And so my experience, how I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I also didn't know. I, I was very ignorant, by the way, at that time. So we went into this uh, student's prayer meeting, and they were fasting, actually, for a conference. Uh, and No, for some crusade or something like that. So I joined them. I'd just gotten born again, and I was, I was not happy, actually, because... I didn't know about fasting. So I was feeling very hungry. I was saying, surely, why, why are these people punishing us? Nothing is going to happen. But I'm telling you, I think the third or fourth day, I think the third day uh, in the afternoon when I was very hungry. And uh, you know, African people don't carry water long. So I was hungry and thirsty. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and that moment, uh, I, I remember, I just found myself, some freshness coming upon me, and then my tongue beginning by itself to turn, and I found myself speaking tongues. But amazingly, the, 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 the senior who was leading that prayer meeting, he, did, he was far from me, but he said, young man, I see a blue star standing on your head. So, Actually, now that quickened me to realize, oh, this is serious, because I was trying to, to resist. I was trying to resist what's happening to my tongue. How come I'm, I'm just bubbling in this kind of words? Uh, and then so in the process, as I continued, as I continued, uh, uh, the rest is geography. <laughs> Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, yeah, so you you've shared about what you think it means, uh, and how it, how that uh, how you experienced that yourself. Um, but you know, let's imagine there are people listening who say uh, they're born again, they believe they have the Holy Spirit living within them, but they don't know if they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit the way that you're talking about. Because maybe they say, "I've never spoken tongues." Um, what would you say to them? Um, well, let me just say that first. What, what, how, would you, how would you respond to, to such a person? Yes. Um, let me start from the negative, that not speaking in tongues does not mean you don't have the Spirit of God. I think we need to clarify that, that somebody can have the Spirit of God but not speak in, in tongues. So uh, uh, that needs to be clarified so that nobody feels so-and-so doesn't speak in tongues so they don't have the Spirit of God. No, they, they have the Spirit of God because at the moment we receive the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, you know, the Bible says God is spirit and, 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 and the Lord Jesus Christ is no longer in the flesh, is spirit. And so when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives, in our heart, from that moment, we receive the Spirit of 
God. We receive the spirit of God. Um, but uh, the next level is now the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there are some people, but very few, who, you know, just receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, easily. Uh, but majority uh, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit based on thirst. Based on thirst. Based on thirst. Based on, on, on our hunger. The way the Lord Jesus said in Matthew that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And in Isaiah, Isaiah 44, uh, the Bible says that uh, I will pour water on him who is thirsty. I'll pour water on him who is uh, thirsty. For um, I believe the Lord was meaning the, the Holy Spirit. So uh, what, what I personally do, and um, uh, like our pastor does, is to create this hunger in people to create this hunger in people. And then we receive by faith because there's, there's no work. It's not um, an issue of works. No, it's by faith. But a, a hunger has to be created within us. It, it, it's possible. And, 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 uh, and uh, you see, uh, uh, God does not just, for example, I tell people like this, uh, that God will not just help you because you are poor. God will not just help you because you're poor. Otherwise, all poor people would be rich today. But uh, when we are in relationship with God, God responds to our faith. And, and our faith in God overrides every other law. And that's why, you know, when people showed faith, Jesus would heal them on the Sabbath. Uh, and, and so uh, our thirst. That's the only thing I can say. Our thirst and hunger uh, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be baptized into the Holy Spirit. And also another thing I would like to say is that uh, it is not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time thing. If you read the book of Acts, uh, the Bible says, and they were filled, and they were filled, and they were filled. So it's not a, a, a one-time thing. We need to continue drinking. We need to continue uh, drinking. And, and I believe, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, when the woman uh, uh, who had an issue of blood touched him, power came out of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, if, if power goes out, then power has to be generated again. Power has to come in again. And so uh, we should never feel that, oh, I was baptized, I was filled, and, and so and that's enough. Uh, One-time experience, no. We should always desire to be filled more and more to an overflowing capacity. So it rests on our desire. And that's something that is not... Uh, uh, in the scriptures, but I have seen it, and I still ask questions. Maybe your researchers will help us one day. Is why women get easily baptized in the Holy Spirit than men? I've never understood that. Okay, some theories are that they they get um, broken easily uh, before the Lord. They open up. Uh, their heart be, be, be before the Lord more easily than uh, 
uh, we men, you know, we are still looking around, we are still wondering, well, is this thing true? Is this thing happen? But the bottom line is thirst and hunger. Yeah, thank you. Um, let me dig a little deeper on, on a practical level. Um, because, uh, like for me, I've heard many different views. Um, even if we just look at uh, different Pentecostal denominations, there's many different views even among them uh, on speaking in tongues. For example, on this very practical question, um, do you just have faith that God is doing that for you and you start speaking? Or sounded like in your experience, uh, you started speaking in tongues by God being the one to prompt your, your tongue to start moving, I think you said. Um, or is it either or, or both? Or, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, that's something that I've been desiring, that we have more people sharing their experience, experiences. Uh, why? Because there are some things that uh, God did not say it is fixed like this. Uh, for example, uh, Jesus touched some people and uh, they were healed. They saw some, he told them, go and wash in the river. Some he spit and anointed them with the mud. Uh, some may just spoke a word. And so from that example of Jesus, I always feel that we should never put the Holy Spirit in a box. And this is how he works. This is how he comes. No, 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 no. Uh, he, he may work with you uh, differently. He may work with me differently. Because again, in Romans chapter 12, the Bible says the Spirit gives as he wills, as he wills. So uh, uh, whether it's a question of when and how, it is up to him. So we cannot limit him. Uh, because I've, in my personal experience, I've seen, like for me, my case, uh, I, I wasn't even aware. I wasn't even praying. Uh, uh, but, but God in his mercy. One thing that has been in me always, even when I was a sinner, is a desire to serve God. Even at one time, I wanted, uh, I'd thought of being a Catholic father. A Catholic father. So uh, th that, that desire was there. But God in his mercy uh, overlooked my ignorance and um, baptized me in the Holy Spirit. But I have seen some people who uh, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when hands are laid on them, when preachers lay their hands on them, and then they, 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 they receive uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've also heard of people, you know, who were by themselves. Uh, they were in a closet praying and uh, they, they God baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've heard of people who were praying with others and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, but in all cases, you'll find they were at a time of a sincere heart, a time of surrender. And that's why from uh, experience here in, in Africa, I've seen that it's, it's much easier. Uh, I, I talked about ladies, but also about school children. School children easily uh, get baptized <clears throat> into the Holy Spirit. 
Um, but finally, in terms of the utterance, uh, now that one I cannot speak for another person, <laughs> another person's experience. I can only speak my own experience that it was not me, it was the Holy Spirit that gave me utterance. It was entirely the Holy Spirit uh, that uh, uh, gave me utterance. And even to date, even yesterday, I was asking myself, but, um, you see, I see how different people speak in tongues, and there are those who, just like prophecy, that those who will give a long prophecy. And uh, so that those will speak in many tongues, or pray, rather, let me say pray in, in many tongues, long tongues. So yesterday I was asking myself that, um, how come I don't do that? And, and I realized that I cannot do, I, I cannot change it myself. <laughs> I just can't. Last night, I was thinking about it and said, many, I cannot because it's the Holy Spirit who gives me the utterance, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit who gives the other person utterance. And so if, if he, he, and he wishes that I, I, I do more than that, then it, it will be him. Him. So, like, there's a certain level <laughs> that, that I have not gone uh, beyond, and I, I cannot work it out. I cannot work it out. So, I believe that it's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that gives uh, utterance. And, right. and, uh, and you know, Pastor, uh, uh, one thing I, would, I wouldn't want to forget is that churches all over the world embrace Jesus. They, they accept Jesus Christ as, as a savior. But today's problem in, in many churches is that we have accepted Jesus, but we have refused the principles of Jesus Christ. We have received refused the principles. We, we, we no longer follow the principles of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's partly why we have uh, uh, even poverty within the church. Poverty. I went somewhere when we were doing relief work and I found, I mean, we went there because people were poor. They didn't have food. There was drought, terrible drought, animals that died. And then we go into this big church cathedral and there are bags of corn, of maize, food. In that, and then there were weevils, weevils. We, you know, I don't know whether you know weevils, the insects that eat uh, cereals. There were weevils in, in the bags eating that uh, uh, food. And so I asked, why is this food going to waste when people are hungry out there? And you know the answer I got? They said, hey, this is tithe. This is tithe. It has to stay there. I was so annoyed. So anyway, but the principle of Jesus is that give, and it will be given back to you. Same measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And so I believe that the church, uh, 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 we have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, but denied the principles of the Lord Jesus Christ. And many times when you try to bring in the principles of Jesus Christ, the, people don't see them as the principles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They say, no, 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 no. You are taking us back to the law. You are taking us back to the law. So people, and very much even in the Pentecostal church, I mean, Jesus had order. 
order. For example, I challenge uh, my Pentecostal brothers. Why should a service take too long, forever? The Bible says the spirit is subject to the prophet, so you cannot say the spirit uh, led you. No, we, we must have some definitions. We must um, de define certain things so that th there should be order. In any, I mean, you have, see, we have a challenge with timekeeping. Did, did the Lord Jesus keep time? He kept time. In fact, he said, I mean, redeem time, redeem time. I was say redeem time for the days are evil. So even when it comes to the Holy Spirit, one of the things Jesus told his disciples is stay in Jerusalem. Do not leave until you are endowed with power from on high. And that was the Holy Spirit. And so we have many people, whether pastors, evangelists, or apostles, they are born again, they have received Jesus Christ, but they go into ministry before their time, before being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, the, the, you, the Holy Spirit is actually your shepherd, is your resident pastor, is your resident pastor. The way I'm away, my pastor is not here. It's the Holy Spirit that is actually guiding me on how I should behave, what I should say. So the principles of Jesus Christ, we need to embrace them. Thank you. you. You anticipated one of my questions. I was going to ask you in terms of the Holy Spirit, what are some of the um, things you appreciate about uh, churches here in Africa and their, their view of the Holy Spirit? And what are some of the problems or the gaps that you see? And you've kind of addressed both of those already, I think. But I also then wanted to change the question a bit and think of people listening from North America. I know, Chris, that you've traveled there several times, visited with churches. What, what are some things that you appreciate about North American churches and their view of the Holy Spirit? And what are some of the challenges that you see in their view of the Holy Spirit? And how would you, how would you encourage them? I know that the, the church is diverse. It's wide. There are many different types of churches, but uh, just for the sake of the conversation, let's be a, we can just kind of generalize and uh, think about what you know of the church in North America and, and how would you appreciate them or encourage them, challenge them in their view of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, uh, thank you very much. And uh, of course, you know, my life has been uh, changed by the churches in North America. Uh, by the way, the, the man uh, in North America that really changed my life was called uh, Pastor John Austin. John Austin was the, is the father of Joel. People know Joel so much, uh, and they may not know the father. Uh, so I, I've not interacted with Joel anytime, but when I was a student in India, uh, John Austin, the father of Joel, would come, and he's actually the one who told us about the battle of the mind, and the mind being the battlefield. So he, he really taught, taught us on how to be transformed uh, in the way we think by, the, by, by using the word of, of, of God, renewing our mind using the word of God. And, and so, but now uh, I, I, in all my visits to the U.S., of course, my interaction has been with them, uh, uh, the, the Reformed uh, Church of North America, the Christian Reformed Church of North America. And, and, and so one thing I really want to appreciate uh, with the church uh, in North America is 
one order that they believe that the spirit of God is a spirit of order and not confusion. So that order enables them to make good use of, of the time. So if they say the Holy Spirit is leading them uh, uh, to provide that order, I agree 100% that they, they are led uh, by the Spirit of God to have orderly services. Everything, I just love it. I love it. And uh, even uh, I, I tell people here in Kenya that uh, the Sabbath is meant for rest. But sometimes the way we run services here in Africa, Sunday becomes work. <laughs> it's a working day. <laughs> so I've loved North America in that order. A time a timeliness and giving giving i mean all the churches are visiting north america they give they give not for their building but for charity uh, for charity uh, to be able to uh, help other people and then, then number four is the word the word especially my interaction with the reformed church uh, I've realized that there are people of the word. There are people of the word. They teach the word. Uh, they, they have sound doctrine. And uh, not for young people like you, but for the older people in, in the church, I've interacted with a, a number of them. I have found that um, especially the, the husband and wife, they bring the church at home. They bring the church at home. Uh, that what they do in church, you will see them do the same thing at home. You will see them do Bible study before breakfast or after breakfast. You see them do Bible study and pray together after uh, dinner and, and that kind of thing. And that has really touched my life. I've brought those such things into my own family uh, and because I've learned from there. Uh, and what I have not seen much in, in the church in North America. Uh, in, 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 the, in the African-American church, I have seen more of uh, hiding into the Holy Spirit has his way uh, rather than uh, order, rather than digging into the word. I've not seen much of the word in in, in the in, in the in the African American church, but I've seen more. Uh, what can I say? More zeal, more zeal to serve God in the African American church. More zeal to bring a difference. More zeal to demonstrate uh, uh, the, the the word of God. But we need a balance. If there can be a balance there in the. Uh, white-dominated uh, uh, American church, I, I have felt like the systems are working. And because the systems are working, they have kind of pushed the Holy Spirit to the corner in that, you know, the, the, the thing is going to work. So why pray? It's just like uh, here in Africa, you know, we get so worried. But you guys, I mean, in North America and Europe, people have insurance, medical insurance. They even know when they will die. 
<laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they are going to live up to 80. They are going to live. I mean, in my village, living up to 80 is a dream. <laughs> yeah. So uh, because of that, I feel that the, 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 the medical insurance, the welfare system uh, has pushed the, uh, the Holy Spirit into the corner. Uh, one, one Australian preacher uh, came to Kenya and um, he was surprised. I mean, we picked him from the airport, took him to my friend's house. And when we picked him, we prayed. So when we reached the house, we prayed. Uh, he wanted a, a phone, a SIM card. So um, like after one hour, we had to take him to town to buy the SIM card. We prayed again. So he was wondering, why are you praying all the time? So when he reached town, uh, somebody grabbed, <laughs> tried to steal from him. And then he let, when we came back home, he said, now I know why you pray all the time, why you pray all the time. But you see, we should not embrace the Holy Spirit just because we have needs. We should embrace him as a friend. We should embrace him as, you know, God. Uh, so I have seen, like, uh, in the churches I've attended, I've not seen uh, an opportunity uh, to flow in the Spirit. For example, you know, uh, they, they will sing, but they will not release people to worship God. You know, singing is part of worshiping God, but after you have sung, you need to be free now to, to worship God. You have moved, you are in the Holy of Holies, uh, have time to talk to God, have time to worship God if, uh, and encourage people, uh, preach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because uh, uh, if, if the pastor is not baptizing the Holy Spirit, for example, he doesn't speak in tongues, then how can he <laughs> talk about it? So I, I would like to see that uh, thirst for the Holy Spirit, that hunger. I don't see it in many of the churches that I've attended in North America, uh, especially the white churches. I've not seen that hunger anymore. In fact, it's the older people that have that hunger. But you see, we have to pass on that hunger to the young people. For example, uh, every week, uh, I and my pastor, we have a prayer meeting with young people, not, not, not our age mates, young people, uh, teenagers, and, and, and those who are in their 20s. We, we pray with them every night. And what we do is we, we are teaching them to stretch. We are teaching them to stretch. So every uh, Saturday night, we do with them... Uh, uh, six hours or so of, of prayer in the night and, 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 and then they sleep for two hours only and then they come to the service. So that kind of uh, training to help them build their spiritual stamina um, and, and then we, we stretch them once in a month. And nowadays, I don't even attend that one. Once in a month, they have to stretch for 12 hours, pray nonstop. Uh, for 12 hours. Not that they will do that forever, but we, we want them to, to, to pick uh, tenacity, eh? uh, uh, tenacity, so that, uh, you, you know, their the hunger uh, for, for God is aroused. And so we may be blaming the young people in Europe, the young people in North America, and even here in, in Africa. But the problem is we have not, uh, you know, uh, enabled them to, to, to move to a place where they can stand on their own. 
Uh, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, we receive those uh, appreciations. We receive those challenges. Very good food for thought. Uh, believe it or not, we are completely over time, so we need to finish. Uh, maybe we can just end with um, you sharing some prayer requests for yourself or your church um, or your community, and uh, that will be the end. Yes, uh, just in, in a few seconds, uh, uh, as I share, before I share my request, is to say that uh, we've talked about the Holy Spirit and the purpose of the Holy Spirit should be to make us fruitful, to make us fruitful, to win souls, win souls, win souls. I would rather we do not do any other business, but our prime uh, uh, thing, be, mission be soul winning, soul winning. Because when we win soul, souls, we'll be able to equip them. When we equip them, we'll be able to send them out. And as an African, I'm so happy that, you know, somebody left Europe uh, uh, to bring the gospel to my region. Somebody left Asia to bring the gospel. And so I have a responsibility. And that's why the Lord Jesus has given me the Holy Spirit, which is the power to witness. And so I challenge every believer, you don't have to be called an evangelist. You don't have to be called a prophet. You don't have to be called a pastor, a teacher, or, 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 or apostle. You have a responsibility to be a soul winner and to make disciples. Now, on my prayer request, um, one uh, prayer request number one is uh, God's presence. Uh, to go with me, God's presence, uh, to guide me uh, uh, in, in all that I do, uh, to be relevant to the needs within the community, to be relevant to the needs in the community. Uh, I'm praying for health, uh, God to grant me uh, good health, God to grant me good health uh, for me and, and my family. And uh, yeah, so um, God just to equip me, God to equip me to be able to minister uh, to people uh, specifically addressing their needs uh, and, and not uh, spoon feeding them, not giving them handouts, but you know, helping them to grow from where they are to bring total uh, transformation. It may not be popular. Uh, to be relevant, you don't have to be popular. You may not be popular, but you can address uh, the needs. So, you know, being able to stand firm that I know the right thing, it's not popular, but I'm going to do that right thing. Because uh, as, uh, sometimes you know, I have to spend hours and hours trying to challenge our people, trying to tell them no. You cannot live on handouts. You, you, you need to change. And that's not popular in some of uh, the, the parts we are working. I mean, I, I go to, but that's the truth. That's what they need to hear. And, and so uh, journey masses as I travel around, yeah, to be relevant. And also, I always believe that it's time for us here in Africa uh, to give back to America, to Canada, to Europe. It's our time to give up, uh, give back, because that's also how we will we will get another harvest when we give back 
to to the North American continent, the, the European continent, in, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. I know that the listeners who who will listen to this afterwards, they will be praying for you, and I will be praying for you as well. Uh, thank you for sharing with us. It's been educational. It's been encouraging. It's been challenging. I uh, really appreciate this time. God bless you. Thank you too. God bless you.